And we're back with another edition of uh, Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Cook. My name is Mark Carey, his media director, and good morning, Mayor. Morning, Mac. We're a little late this week, but lots happening all week long. Yeah, a crazy schedule, so uh, glad to get it in today. Yeah, it does get busy, but uh, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. So I, just, I want to start by talking about some good, good, something really kind of cool that we did the other day that you had set up, that you had asked a bunch of folks around the community uh, that are involved in the arts in one way or another in all different forms. We had our first sort of performing arts, or for lack of a better term, whatever that's what we're calling it at the moment, performing arts center meeting. Yep. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. Sure. Well, um, you know, the cult, as you know, Mark, you've been heavily involved in this, as a number of other folks on staff have been, as well as volunteers, and that's the whole Quincy 400 initiative. And we did a lot of outreach. We got a lot of input, public meetings, surveys online, and one of the most consistent themes, uh, requests, comments, was the city needs a arts-slash-cultural center. Now, th- this has all kinds of... Sure. Uh, different meanings to different people. So what what we ended up calling it, who knows at some point. But certainly, I know the folks from the uh, visual arts weren't happy when they heard about it. it's going to be a performing arts. So it's going to be an arts center. And it's going to include, <laughs> uh, hopefully, all of those, uh, touch all of those uh, various types of arts that we that we certainly enjoy and, and cherish in our community. So we had our first meeting, as you know, and uh, Laurie Graff has uh, agreed to chair. We had folks from theater community and arts community, both visual and performing, dance community, folks in the movie uh, community. It, an interesting combination of people. Some people that have worked at each of our high schools, uh, some people involved in band, um, just just an interesting Every uh, group of people. Yeah, I think we I think we have it covered as far as all, all the areas that this could touch, you know. So this is the easy part, right? So brought everyone together, and, and we're asking people to come forward with their thoughts, their ideas, uh, what the uh, inside of this structure should include for space. Total space, uses for space. And what I said to them is that I, I don't want you to be worried right now about location and financial part because we'll get bogged down on that and we won't get to where we need to be. So right. the goal is really to come up with a conceptual, not even design yet, but conceptual idea on perhaps the square footage, the size, the type of venues within the venue, and then at some point we will then contract with a consultant or an architect to bring it to the next level of conceptual form. And when I say that may not everyone may be happy, because at the end of the day, I don't know if we can make everybody totally happy, and I don't know if we, you know, we can't build a million square feet here. So, <laughs> um, you know, but I also know, and I, you know, as you, as you know, I said to the folks, look, this, the, fa- the spaces have to be efficient. They can't be for one use and sit for three months, you know. Yeah. And it's also got to be sustainable financially. We've got to come up with a business plan down the road that will make this this place, this facility sustainable, which speaks to what I had said, that we need something of decent size. Because if we're going to adra- attract certain shows, yep. you know, comedians, comedians, whatever case, yeah, like that, you yeah. know, you need, a, you need a certain amount of seats uh, for that to happen. So cognizant of that. Um, and, you know, I, I think our biggest venue for a theater would be Quincy High. I think it's about 750 in that auditorium. So we definitely would want to exceed that now. You know, is it a thousand? Is it twelve hundred? Is it fifteen hundred? I don't know. Right. So hopefully, as we go through this process, we'll kind of figure that stuff out and figure out the various components that we need to address within within this facility. And this group will be meeting uh, mostly monthly, and hopefully, we'll have some public meetings to go along with this coming down the road. I know that you had you had tasked this group to put together a report following whatever kind of 
brain dumps they have. I can't th- can think of a better term for that right now. I hate the term. But, yeah. <laughs> I do too, but but it's actually where where they're all coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want their that's what we want their expertise in because they're in the arts one way or another. That's right. That's yeah. right. And uh, it's a great group of people, and and most of them are Quincy people, and uh, really love the city and love what's going on. I think this is just the natural next piece, if you will. Yeah. You know, with all that we've got happening, so. Um, so we'll, you know, we'll keep people informed, and uh, we'll see what happens in the next few months. And at the yeah. end of the day, I should I expect to get a draft report from them and, and say, okay, this is what we're going to do. Right. Next and, step. And to the people that keep saying, well, where's it going to be? Where's it going to be? Well, we're not there yet. Right. Right. <laughs> we'll do this first, and then we'll get there. That'll be the next step. I will say this. I'd like it to be in Quincy Center. Right. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Great. Well, thanks, Mayor, for that update. You know, it'll be a great home for the Quincy Choral Society as well as the Quincy Symphony Orchestra. And the Quincy Symphony Orchestra will be performing tomorrow afternoon at the Arts Fest. That's right. That's right. A little earlier this year. They usually do a later afternoon event, but I think they're one o'clock on Adams Field at the Arts Fest. Uh, if people, if you haven't heard the symphony, uh, come down. Uh, but by the way, the Arts Fest is, is free. All kinds of activities, obviously a juried art show, public schools art show, there's pony rides, there's moon houses and bouncy houses, whatever the hell you call them. <laughs> all that stuff for the entertainment, kids. Entertainment, music, all that sure, stuff. Sure, sure. And the symphony is, is the, uh, the premiere one at one o'clock. So I encourage people to come down, bring your lawn chair or your blanket, spread it out on the, on the lawn at Adams. If you want to bring some cheese and crackers and something to drink to go with it, you know, feel free. Um, it's, just, it's just an awesome event. And that's another reminder. These are all local people that come together and, you know, with their incredible talents and gifts and uh, share it with the community. So uh, Yuichi Yudagawa, um, he's uh, the, the love him. very, yeah, very lively, full of personality conductor and a great group of, uh, of folks. And um, So we're looking forward to that as far as, as well as the whole programs for the weekend. Good stuff. And the yeah. weather's supposed to be with us, so. Yeah, 5K in the morning promotes good health and wellness, and uh, that's going to be a really big event on Sunday, right? Yep. And then, of course, the Arts Fest is both Saturday and Sunday. So yep. And, and the uh, the 5K, uh, all of that money goes directly back to the schools for health and wellness programs. So we got, I believe we got about 500 people registered for it. It's a, it's a walk run. We've got three major sponsors. Uh, Brewster Ambulance is one. Uh, Blue Cross Blue awesome. Shield is another. And Quincy College is the third. I also know the Quincy Education Association, which is the teachers union. have also made a significant contribution. So uh, we try to keep the registration costs low and, and for allow people to participate. Uh, we're going to be honoring uh, um, one of the Bryson girls who has gone on to great success in track and field at the collegiate level before the race. And, of course, uh, we also remember Emily Zarnock, who was a teacher that was tragically killed in a uh, motor vehicle uh, pedestrian accident uh, a few years back. She was a teacher at oh, yeah. at Central, sure. and she was big into uh, exercise and health and wellness. So, so a great morning. Uh, looking forward to it. And we get a lot of help with a lot of volunteers. Uh, the kids actually uh, really step up, not only participating, but... The culinary program, they put on the food stuff when people come back from the race. As, as people may or may not know, we have uh, a requirement of our high school students to meet certain hours of, of community service. So a lot of the kids at both schools will come down and get some hours in helping out organizing the race and doing a lot of uh, running around, if you will. Uh, for that, so and then that feeds right back into the Sunday Arts Fest uh, day. I don't know if you know any other 
entertainment stuff coming for the Arts Festival. I don't know who they are, but I know that they're always... So it's not Dick and Jane, we know that. (laughs) No, I actually do know one of them. One of the performers uh, is Jay Pissarro. She's a really, really, really talented guy. He's going to be playing at the Food Truck and Music Fest at the end of the day. The Food Truck or the Arts Fest? Food Truck and Music Fest, the same artist will be performing on this. He plays in different bands, but he's He's very playing at the Arts Fest this weekend. He is. All right, good. I know you're, you're just... You've already jumped over this into the food I, truck festival. It's like I'm hanging on every word, <laughs> waiting for you to finish so I can start talking about the food truck and music festival that 6,000 people have responded to, by the way, the event on Facebook. So no, it's going to be a nice day. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Good this stuff. This weekend. This weekend is the, is the weekend we're going to talk about today. And yeah, the food truck and music fest is on October 5th. Got to mention it from 12 to 6. Thank you very much. They were excited good. for that. Sounds good. All right. Let's move on. You know, let's. Please. Mayor, let's uh, move away from city for just a little bit. I know you and I were just having a conversation uh, before, which you can't even have these conversations anymore in, in this political climate. But uh, you know, we're talking about the national the, the national stage, and the far right, far left debates, and the congressional hearings, and, and, and the whistleblowing, and all, and, and the just let's talk, let's bring it to the national level for a second. Yeah, well, um, uh, let me say this: that all of this noise that's going on. And I don't care which side of the spectrum you're on, and and uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to get into the debate of right. whether the president should be impeached or not. At the end of the day, I don't think the votes are there to do a complete impeachment. Therefore, what are we doing? We saw this happen with Bill Clinton when the Republicans did it to Bill Clinton, and um, it, you know it just it just stalls everything else that should be moving in our nation, our country. It sucks up all the oxygen right. in the air. And I'm not defending or promoting, condemning or condoning. I, I'm just looking at it factually. As a mayor of an old city, and uh, you're trying to do the best for the residents of this city, recognizing that we have state and federal partners, also recognizing that for a number of years, the Congress has been talking about a major infrastructure package to help this country catch up in infrastructure. Absolutely. Because that is... I would guess if he did a survey of all the major cities across the country, the number one issue, my guess, would come back to infrastructure. Because infrastructure relates to a lot of things, whether it's school buildings, whether it's seawalls, roads, bridges. pipes, bridges, you name it. Yeah. And, you know, we're an old nation, particularly this part of the, the nation. Um, we've got a lot of old infrastructure that needs to be dealt with. So it disturbs me that we're not talking about the real issues that could have a good, positive impact on the residents of our country, particularly the residents of Massachusetts and Quincy. So, I mean, there's a lot, of, listen, there's a lot of other very important issues, whether we talk about the addiction issue, you know, and, and, and you know, the, the, the whole environmental issues, uh, you know, the climate change stuff. There's, there's a lot of things um, that need to be dealt with, need to be addressed. And, uh, in fact, I met with a group of... I was going to uh, say, let's talk about climate change a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I met with a group uh, last uh, Friday. There was, uh, I think it was last Friday, there was kind of this strike thing going on at the college level about kids leaving, walking out to talk about climate change. So we got a call from one of the instructors, uh, instructors at ENC, a four-year college here in Quincy, asking if they w- could meet with me to talk about uh, the issue of climate change. So we did meet. It was about 30. We met in the uh, the old town hall government center there on the first floor where the planning board usually meets. It's a beautiful room. And uh, we had uh, we had quite a discussion. And, uh, you know, people are all worked up about this issue. And, and I certainly understand the fervor and the enthusiasm about it in some ways. But I also reminded them, this this has become kind of the problem in my view. Look at this. this is my personal opinion, folks out there. So let's not get too wrecked up. Uh oh. Um, <laughs> but you know, everyone's looking at their own piece, right? So whether it's 
I look locally, whether it's the, the bike enthusiasts that want to completely change our roads to accommodate bikes and they don't care about cars. You know, whether it's the environmental folks that, you know, they want curbside composting, which we may get to at some point, but nothing else matters to them. What I was saying to this group was, look, running a city, there's a pie. There's so much money in the pie. We're providing, I think, outstanding educational opportunities for our kids. And by the way, we did away with styrofoam this year in all our food processing cafeteria stuff, good, which was yeah. a request to the kids. There's a cost to that. We spent an additional $43,000 in the budget to accomplish that. Now, it's easy to say, we should, well, we should do that. Absolutely, that's, that's good money. And, and I agree, we should spend it. But you look at what it's competing against, right? So you get, uh, you know, that could hire almost three paras, three aides in classrooms. So, mm. you know, I have to look at uh, the pros and cons of everything. And, and as I said, everyone is looking at their piece if you will, of That's the, the most important thing. In, That's in, correct, in and, and I get it. But they also, I, I think we've come to the point where they're, they just shut down on everything else around them. That it's, it's you know, the old story, uh, the one-hit wonders, you know, the, <laughs> the one-issue people. And, and uh, it doesn't operate that way in our government. And I think that's, that's what made us, has made us, in part, so polarizing. You know, we can't sit down and have a conversation about these things. So, you know, I mentioned schools. you got police and fire. We get library services. We get park and rec services. We get accounts on aging, veteran services. You, there's a lot of things we do as a local government, and there's so much money in the till. Now, when I was asked, well, what is the city doing? You know, we've, there's a lot of things we've done. We've, we've <laughs> converted the whole street lighting system across the city to LED. We put solar, panel, uh, solar panels on most of our roof buildings. We've made conversions of, of lighting stuff inside the buildings. We're, Saved a uh, lot of money in those things, too. Saved money, and, and we're, yeah. we're helping the environment. We, yeah. we, you know, we've, uh, some of the electricity we buy, we're buying green electricity uh, from other solar projects around. So, and we, you know, we, we adopted the stretch code at, at inspectional services, which encourages and forces developers and, and people that are doing things to, to push it even further about being sensitive to the environment and you know, insulation and, and all of those things that help the environment. I could go on and on. We have a, a plastic ban ordinance that we put before the city council, which, which uh, I, you know, the, those that know me, um, it's tough to, uh, somebody said to me, it's tough to pin you down because you're kind of a social conservative, but you're, you're a liberal when it comes to uh, what you see as government's role. Yeah. And, um, you know, the plastic bag thing um, was a result of me going to meet with kids at Central Middle School. I know we've talked about it here. Mm. Uh, showing me what it's the adverse effect it's having on the environment. But then there's a the practical side when I see. I, I can't stand. You see the plastic bags stuck in trees everywhere, right. blown around. Uh, people use them as trash barrels, and then the rodents get in them, the birds get in them. On trash day, you see stuff blown around. So there's a practical side as well as the protecting the environment. So that one to me was a no-brainer. The license board, we're looking at um, really eliminating NIPs to be sold, those little, what's the real term, um, the little... NIPs is all I've ever heard of. Okay, they're those tiny little plastic bottles sure. that have liquor in them. And um, you walk up and down the streets, and, and uh, you'll see them in gutter lines. Well, they go into the storm drain system. They get into the ocean. They have an adverse effect on the ocean uh, and, and the ecosystems and what it does to, to the fish and the mammals in the sea. So uh, not to get too... Wacky here, but that's a reality. Yeah, those, those are reality. So sure. those are things we can do at the local level to make a difference. And I, you know, some of the bigger stuff is is more of a national discussion and a global discussion. But it does bring the national discussion does bring it right back to our home when you start talking about infrastructure, right? That's oh, what no the, question. The reason no question. for this conversation in the Absolutely. first place. Yeah. So, so you get you know, in, so in, that infrastructure also deals with climate change. 
right? Yeah. So we got to do a lot of infrastructure changes and improvements to deal with climate change. So it, it's disturbing to me that with the, what I think should be front and center, and I say this is my opinion, obviously mayor of the seventh largest city in Massachusetts, yeah. that infrastructure should be talked about now. It's all about the future generations. It provides jobs. It, it makes us more competitive worldwide. You know, you think about... People just take advantage. You get on 93, 95. That wasn't always there. Right. President Eisenhower developed the interstate system. And uh, look what that did to this country. It just brought us all together. Yeah. Now, some people say, well, that, that, was, uh, that was the cause for uh, the explosion in automobiles and the love affair with the car, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there was so much positive, like moving commerce and, and you know, naturally and, and uh, getting around and so forth. So. That was a major, major infrastructure program back in the 50s that made an enormous difference. And there's been other, there's other examples of that, but that, that's one that's obvious. It should be obvious to people. Every time you get on one of these interstate, it just didn't start that way. It sure. happened. Yeah. The federal government poured a lot of money into that, which served uh, our nation in so many ways, economically and, and just people to, to enjoy things. So every city has different needs. I'm, you know, we've done a lot of work on our schools. We've done a lot of upgrades there. So... We're not done, but, you know, we've, been, we've made a lot of upgrades. We need some major help on our coastal stuff. You know, the storm drain, uh, the, uh, storm drain system, the, the tide gates, the, uh, the sea walls, right. uh, the roads in general. You know, we're talking about public safety headquarters, our firehouses. Everything needs work. It's all old, you know. So no matter how they bake it, whether it's X amount for pipes, whether it's X amount for bridges, X amount for buildings, X amount for schools, you know, any city fits or plugs into any of those categories. Yeah. It really bothers me to see, and, and the press, uh, look at, I, I'm not a fan of this president. I, I think his style is, is, is offensive, and it, it, you know, it drives me crazy. I wish it just, you know, I say this respectfully, be quiet. I was going to say shut up. I shouldn't say that. But don't talk so much. But the flip <laughs> side is he hasn't been given an opportunity from those on the far left, which is a lot of the media. And it's, it's amazing to me how they blow everything up out of proportion. At the same time, our economy is doing very, very well. That just, just doesn't happen. Right. I like what he's done with China. This country's talked about China, I don't want to use the term uh, when it came to mind, but have not been fair on worldwide trade. And everyone just goes along with it because they're big, bad China. Well, this guy stepped up to it and said, no, yeah. you've been stealing our technology. You're, you're, you're screwing us economically here and, yeah. and in an unfair way. So if, if the playing field is even and you lose a battle, that's different. But when the playing field is tilted, as it has been with China, right, right. then it's not fair. Of so course, yeah. so I, I agree with him on some of those issues. I like his uh, position on religious freedom. You know, he speaks about religious freedom. That's important. I don't care whether you're a Jew, a Muslim, a Catholic, Protestant. That's one of the basic things in our country. And there's been an affront on that from, yep. on, from the left. So there's certain things I, I like that he's been doing. You know, I would hope that we could do better and come together better as Americans. Not as progressives or conservatives, not as uh, Democrats or Republicans, but as Americans. And so let's, okay, let's sit down. Everyone take a deep breath. And what should we be doing next to move our country forward, to make it better for the next generation, to deal with the challenges that we have in front of us? Um, you know, and I think 
we could have a great conversation and, and get some things done. So I'm sure I'll get a few calls after this one, Mark. But uh, I, don't, I don't think you said anything that's that you know, crazy. Uh, what's, what's crazy about what you just said? I, we're having a normal conversation about some normal issues. <laughs> uh, the, we know that the masses are having the same conversations. They're, they're, no one's all the way left or all the way right, like, yeah. like we're only seeing in the media and only seeing from some of our congressional uh, people. And we're, we're, we're all in the middle. There's a mix of us. We're very complicated people, right? No, no, no question, and that's where I, I have a great admiration for Steve Lynch, our congressman. Right, yeah. so there's there's a guy that has been a Democrat his whole life, uh, fought for the union, uh, working men and women, and he wasn't ready to vote on Obamacare at the time, the health bill, because he won't, imagine, imagine this, member of Congress, he wanted to read the bill, and and uh, and they. They crucified him for that. They had a candidate against him. It was insane. Yeah. You know, and there's a guy who's part of that old lunch pail Democrat type that sure. really looking out for the working man and woman of our nation. So so I, I like I like him. He doesn't fall into the typical talking points. If you if you watch the news on both channels, uh, and that when you know what I mean by both channels, but yeah. any channel yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the extreme left, again, they're all going to have the same talking points. The senior has got all the same talking points. They go in a room, here's your talking points. This is what you got to say. Yep. doesn't matter whether it's factual. doesn't matter if it's true. you got to go out and bang it and bang it. Because if we say it enough, it'll be true. You know, It's it's disgusting. It's It really is. I right. mean, at the local level, we have to deliver right. or we're out of office. Yeah. We make tough decisions every day. We have dialogue every day. We have conversations every day with our colleagues in government, with our colleagues at the local level, and certainly I have a lot of conversations with Congressman Lynch at, at the federal level. Sure, uh, Governor Baker, he's, I love his style. I don't agree with him on everything. Uh, and I, I love his stand recently on the vaping. Um, yeah. You know, that, that was huge. That took leadership. Right. Make a decision. There's a health issue there. Let's slow this down and figure this out going forward because it's having an effect on the young people. So I like that leadership style. He sees a problem. He solves it. Now, him and I don't agree on a lot of social issues. Sure. You know, he's pro-choice on pro-life, for example. That's okay, but we have a conversation. Of course. Uh, we have don't a- have to vilify each other right. on all sides and this stuff. A whole uh, republic, a democratic republic, was based on having conversations. Really. I mean, <laughs> we, we're not... The parliament in Britain, where the parliament does like what the what the the leader over there, the prime minister, is doing, they vote no confidence. They hold another election and throw the person out because they, at the whim of things. No, our founding fathers created this incredible constitution, unlike anything else in the world, that really works. And and if you break down some of the stuff that's going on, the president, as I said, I'm not overly thrilled with some of the stuff he does. Certainly, his delivery is is, is offensive uh, many yeah, times. Sure. But, you know, he has certain executive powers. You know, Congress is talking about and, you know, hearings on, on what he said to a foreign leader. They're getting out of their lane into his lane. You know, Congress, you know, the legislative branch, they have certain powers. The courts, the, the, the judiciary, they have certain powers. And there's this balance that was built by the founding fathers, by the Constitution, that is supposed to protect our government, protect the people, and make sure that we don't get bogged down and stuff like this. Because if... if it becomes about this whole party thing all the time and not real issues. Work isn't what are we going to get done? It's and not going to get done. That's the problem. It affects we, locally you know, here. Of course Absolutely. it does. It affects everybody's life. I always say, look, at you You know what you're getting for your buck at the local level. I know no one likes to pay taxes. But people have to write a check for property tax, Mark. So they, they're very cognizant of, of what their taxes are at the local level. But I have always said that's where it happens. That's where you get your education. Your public safety, your roads, your plowing, your rubbish pickup, all those things happen in the local level. So you, so you can make that connection. 
Well, the state and federal government conveniently take out of income tax every week for you, withdrawn, sent to them directly. So you, you kind of sometimes lose sight of that. Yeah. yeah. The biggest bang for your buck in government is at the local level. Absolutely. But we can't do it without our partners at the right. state and federal level. Right. And, and I just, I just got to think that maybe Washington should use the Massachusetts and Quincy model about how and getting things done, how to deal with issues. Uh, this state, uh, under this governor, our legislature, my colleagues locally, city council, school, we don't always agree on everything. We have some spirited discussions and disagreements on policy. But at the end of the day, the public expects us to get things done for them. That's why we're here. And it's not happening right now in D.C. So I'm assuming by your fiery conversation that the, the new statistic that I just heard that 79% of mayors across the country are psychologically damaged by, <laughs> by, by well, the mob-like that's, mentality that's, on, that's say, a discussion on Facebook. That's for another day. It I know is. we're getting close to time. Exactly. Social media has been, uh, I don't think it's been a positive for this country. Well, I don't think you really, well, I'm just saying that your, your fiery language here has uh, kind of shown that it really doesn't bother you at all, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, we should be able to have these open discussions. Of course we without should. Without being vilified yeah. or called a bigot or a racist it's or a insane. homophobe, whatever the term they want or to use. Or a Nazi. Nazi. Are you, sakes, yeah. Yeah. They call me that? No, well, they oh, call you gee, that. I hope not. <laughs> I have some German heritage, but please, let's not get on that road. <laughs> on, on that note. I think we should just uh, wrap it up for the day. I think it was a nice, fiery conversation, man. Don't you think? Enjoy the weekend, everybody. Thanks, everybody.